Welcome. Started working on it already, right? It's a beautiful day. Next week is the first Sunday of Advent, by the way. Believe it or not, it's coming quickly. And that's why it's snowing, right? So we can have snow for Christmas. God is so good to us. Uh, We are here to celebrate and give thanks to Him. We've been talking about thanksgiving and thanking God for each other. And I hope you've had opportunities to thank God for those you know, those you meet, those you've known, uh, those who have gone before, that you would be open uh, to the Spirit of God and give thanks. This morning, we're going to come to a passage that's frequently used at Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, I would say for the past five years, I've used this passage, Thanksgiving Eve service. We're not going to use it this Thanksgiving Eve. We're going to talk about it this morning. It's about those guys that failed to give thanks. It's found in Luke chapter 17. Please read with me, beginning with verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being here in this place. Thank you for the blessings you pour out upon us. Thank you for getting us here safely. Thank you for the opportunity to open our hearts to you and sing to you. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayer already. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you promised your spirit to live within us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you offered us the gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the hope we have in you. Thank you for the assurance of eternal life if we put our faith in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that this morning you've come to meet with us and that you've given us all these blessings before we even opened our hearts to you. Come, Lord Jesus, and speak to our hearts. Help us to hear from your word, your voice, that we would be more like you when we leave than when we came. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity, and I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your incredible grace. So, Lord, speak. Speak that we might hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We, we have been giving thanks for all kinds of people. We've been giving thanks for people of faith, uh, giving thanks for people of grace, giving thanks last week for people of love. Uh, this morning, we want to give thanks 
Ah, thank you. We want to give thanks for people of healing. People of healing. Now, normally when we think about uh, people of healing, uh, we think about uh, people who are in the medical profession, correct? Uh, and we do give thanks for doctors and nurses and, and for all the, the wisdom God has given them. Uh, but this morning, I, I hope that you would go a step further and not just think about those who bring physical healing, but people that make a difference in your life, that bring healing to your life. They don't have to be medical personnel because you see, physical healing is only one piece of the puzzle in our lives. There are people that step into our lives and bring emotional healing. And most of all, there are people in our lives that bring spiritual healing to our lives. So this morning, you want to stop and think about who has stepped into your life who has actually made a difference Who has actually made a difference in your life? Those are the people for whom we want to give thanks this morning. Now, I've been thinking a lot about giving thanks, and uh, I read a story of a a young boy. We heard the young young lady giving thanks at Thanksgiving meal for everything she could think of. My favorite part of that whole one is where she says, oh, that was a good one. I I love that. You know, she's just all excited about it about giving thanks. Well, this young man uh, was asked to give thanks at Thanksgiving dinner, and he began to give thanks, and he gave thanks for everybody at the table, and he gave thanks for all his teachers and all his friends at school, and and he gave thanks for, for all the friends he had at church, and for all the people he knew at church, and even the ones he didn't know their names. Uh, he gave thanks, of course, for his Sunday school teacher, he gave thanks for everyone that could come to mind. And then he began to give thanks for all the things he had. And he went through every toy. And he went through each and every toy. And then in the middle of it, he began to realize that this was supposed to be a, also a prayer of thanksgiving for the food. So he began to go through all the food. And, and he thanked God for the cranberry sauce. And he, he thanked God for the turkey. And he, he thanked God for the pie. And then there was this long, long pause. And you know how awkward that gets, right? And everybody's like, okay, what do we do? And finally, you could hear him whisper over to his mom. And he said this, if I say broccoli, will God know I'm lying? <laughs> I had to share that story with you. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> So uh, we're going to avoid broccoli this morning, and we're going to give thanks for people who make a difference in our lives. Now, uh, the, the interesting thing to me about that story is there are some people that are, are difficult in our lives, right? I'm going to stop there. Are difficult in our lives, um, and, and yet, uh, in the midst of that, God may lay upon our hearts the desire to give thanks to Him even for them because they have an influence in your life. And it may be a life-changing influence. And it might even be, even though you don't like them very much, it might be a life-changing influence for the best. The exciting thing about serving the God we serve is that He is working in our lives through other people. And sometimes those other people are hard uh, and, and abrasive and a trial and a struggle in our lives. But all those things, God can, I, I, like, I love the word redeem. 
redeem and use to make us more like Christ. So maybe this morning, as you give thanks for someone who brought healing into your life, it may be someone who was abrasive in your life. And maybe that person is helping you see who Christ is clearer and bringing healing in your life. So it's not necessarily someone you like a lot. Okay? You like him. <laughs> Good, Veronica. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so this morning, uh, our, our thoughts are, are on... Oh, shoot, I'm behind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> When I did the broccoli thing, <laughs> that wasn't me, believe it or not. Uh, but it did hit home. i got to admit, it did hit home. Okay, uh, so this morning we want to we think about people of healing, people that change, make a difference in our lives. And in this morning's passage, passage, obviously, Jesus is one of those who brings healing, hopefully, to all our lives. And if you haven't allowed him to come into your life, then you don't know what I'm talking about. And this morning, my prayer is that you would open your heart to him and begin to discover the difference that he can actually make in your life. By the way, uh, for those of you who missed last night, and I I know there was uh, all kinds of things going on yesterday, but uh, Rick Gutierrez... um, and Anita were were exciting to have, and and one of the things Anita said that just really caught my attention was she grew up American Baptist. She said, um, and she got married, and uh, her husband obviously clearly felt a call to go to the mission field, and she was one that wasn't about to leave the United States. Um, she didn't think that was necessary, um, and as she began to to open herself up to the Spirit of God. Um, God came to her in a couple different ways, in powerful ways, one through a dream and one through a vision. And through that process, she opened her heart to Jesus for the first time. Now, the reason I say that is because a lot of times people come to church and they they. If you ask them, they'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Are are you a follower of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I I follow Jesus. Um, But I wonder if we ask the question this morning, have you opened your heart to Jesus? Would the answer be the same? And so this morning, uh, Jesus comes, and he's walking between uh, this area between Jerusalem and, or on his way to Jerusalem and on the border to Samaria. And he comes to this village, and he hears these cries. Now, the the scripture says um, that these these ten people cried out, and and I like what it says. It says um, they called out in a loud voice. Now, what's interesting about that is if you know anything about leprosy, um, you will know that people with leprosy tend to have what's called the leprous whisper. In other words, leprosy affects your ability to cry out. And so when the Scripture says they cried out in a loud voice, clearly the way they cried out in a loud voice was all ten of them together crying out 
to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And here they are crying out. And sometimes when people cry out, they're hard to hear because of the pain in their lives or because they don't feel worthy to cry out. And what's fascinating to me is that when Jesus responds, do you notice what it says? It says, and he saw them. It doesn't say he heard them. I'm not saying he didn't hear them. But in in the time in which they cry out, his response is to see them, to recognize that here's a group of people who have a deep need in their lives. Now, I want to point that out because we live in a world that, that where people sometimes cry out and nobody hears them. And they don't hear them perhaps because they're not able to cry out loudly enough. Sometimes they're drowned out by the rest of the noise of the world. Or sometimes they're not heard because they don't, they don't feel worthy or the world doesn't feel they're worthy to be heard. Some of those people live near you. Some of those people you will experience at work or at school. Some of those people are close to you, may even be a part of your family. And yet they are crying out and you're not hearing because they are unable to cry out loudly enough for you to hear. And what you have to do is step back and look. A person with compassion begins to look, and they look with their eyes. A person of healing is one who has seen you and heard your cry and recognized the cry in your life, the need in your life. And they have reached out to you. Jesus sees these ten and responds with compassion in his heart. I don't know if you know this lady. Uh, probably not. Uh, her name is Diane um, Latiker. Latiker is her last name. Diane Latiker is an interesting lady. She lives in the south side of Chicago. Just, just a regular person she is. Um, living in a neighborhood that's uh, not the best. It's not the worst. Uh, but Diane began to look around and notice that there were a lot of young people just wandering around the streets. I'm talking young people like 9 years old, 11 years old. The sad part is Diane also began to realize that these kids were lacking a lot of things. She would look in the winter and they'd be running around in shorts. Um, she, She noticed that some of them were very angry and um, she knew also that, that South Chicago had number of, a number of gangs. And some of these kids' parents were actually gang members. What really caught Diane's attention was that as she began to reach out to these kids to get to know them a little bit, uh, she discovered that many of them were dying. Not, not because of old age, obviously, and not because of illness, but they were being shot and killed. As a matter of fact, if you look behind her, she started this memorial in the park by her, by her house. 
their bricks. And on every brick is the name of a child who has died. And not just their name, but their age and the date in which they died. Because some of these children died and nobody knew. But she heard their cry. And Diane began to open her house. And any kid who needed a place to come could come into her house. And she would obviously feed them cookies and healthy food. And she says, the problem is nobody was listening to these children. And she began to listen to him, to them. And as she began to listen, word got out. And before long, all the kids in the neighborhood would make their way to Diane's house because Diane will listen to you. And if they needed a jacket, she made sure they got a jacket. And she began to talk to the local churches. And the churches came together and they said, Diane, if you need anything, you let us know. So if a kid came and needed a place to stay for the night, the churches got together and they tried to find a place where this kid could spend the night or Diane would keep them at her house if she had space. The problem was word got out. And now on a regular basis, every day, 50 kids show up to her house. And she does all she can to help them. The story I heard from her, from her mouth was a young nine-year-old boy whose dad was caught up in a gang. And the rival gang members lured him into the alley and shot him because his dad was a part of a rival gang. Nine years old. If it weren't for Diane, no one would know. But Diane knows. And she's not somebody special. She's not somebody that, that came with a, a degree in, in social work or, or any of that stuff. She just saw in her neighborhood kids. She saw them and began to hear their cry. And she responded with compassion to them. Who around you is crying out? Maybe someone you haven't heard. And who responded when you cried out? Who touched you? Jesus was once getting ready to teach, and, and he looked out, and the Scripture says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were, were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He didn't see them in categories. He saw them all together as sheep without a shepherd. He didn't see them in different ethnicities. He didn't see them in, in different social classes. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. One of the things that's exciting to me about Jesus is that when he looked at me, he, he didn't look at me with condemnation. He looked at me with compassion. 
When he saw me, he saw me as a sheep without a shepherd, harassed and, and, and helpless. And with compassion, he reached out to me. And I'm reminded of that every time I see someone that I am quick to judge. And I look at not with compassion, but with condemnation. And if we are to be people of healing that Jesus calls us to be, our first thought when we see someone is to see them with compassion. So I pull up to the mall, and there's that guy there with a sign that says, I don't have any money um, looking for donations. Lost my job, whatever the sign says. And of course, I know enough about homelessness that that I am very skeptical of this man. I have my doubts. But i got to be honest with you, the first time I see him, every time the first time I see him, I think, you little rat, there are people who need help and you're just trying to make a buck. And Jesus whispers in, in my ear, you were a sinner once too. And still are, for that matter. And he looks at me with compassion. And I am reminded that my call is to be compassionate. I don't ask the question why he's there. I'm busy making assumptions. Instead of responding with compassion. A person of healing responds to the cries of help. A person of healing is one who shares the hope. Jesus says to them, go show yourselves to the priest. There is hope. Our world is filled with hopelessness. Did you notice that? Uh, You can't watch TV, but no, our world is filled with hopelessness. I'm I'm really one of these people that I get really upset with doctors who tell people when they're going to die. Now, uh, I understand most doctors are, are, are compassionate people, and their desire is to help a person see, hey, you only have so much time left. You'll want to make the most of that time. I get that. But I know too many patients who hear that and they lose all hope. And because they lose hope, I believe their life expectancy is even shorter because they've lost the hope of this world. And, of course, this world has very little hope to begin with. Hopelessness is huge. Our our schools are filled with hopelessness. We have teachers that have just given up on students because the the student is just out of control. And, of course, they have 40 other kids they're trying to deal with all in one class. And so it's almost easier for some teachers to say, well, I can't do anything with that student. I'll I'll deal with the majority. I get it. Uh, but, but I wonder if Jesus isn't calling us to that one kid that just is, is out of control. There's got to be something we can do. Jesus is one who says, continue to share the hope. we got preachers trying to give people hope by telling them they'll be rich. And the saddest thing is some of those people actually become rich and then discover that it's just as empty as being poor if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ in your life. 
and some of them who've had this false hope handed to them uh, after a number of years realize that they'll never be rich and they give up hope not just on life, but they give up hope on Christ. Jesus never promised us to be rich, folks, not financially rich. He promised us the riches of His love and His grace. The riches, the riches of his hope. And he says to these ten, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, that's only hope if they are willing to have faith enough in Jesus to obey him. Did you notice that? They have to have faith enough to obey him. Otherwise, there's no hope. And these ten, all ten of them, They have faith enough in Jesus that they step out in faith and are obedient. And the Scripture says, as they went, they were cleansed. By the way, have you ever noticed how often in order to receive what Jesus has for you, you have to do something first? First of all, of course, you have to believe that He can actually do it. But when you step out in faith, that's when you begin to see Him at work in your life. A lot of people think, well, I believe, I believe in God, they say. But faith, it goes beyond just believing in God. Faith is confidence in what we hope, what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is saying, I believe it can be done. I believe it can happen. And you can have faith in all kinds of things. But when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, then all things become possible because hope changes everything. So it starts with faith, and then it follows with obedience. And as we step out, as we begin to move on our beliefs, as we begin to act our beliefs out, then we begin to see Jesus work in powerful ways. These ten begin to run. And by the way, I have people say to me, well, hey, I'm good. I believe in God. I believe in God. You ever have people say that to you? I believe in God. Well, a lot of our world believes in God. That's not the question. The question is, do you believe in Jesus? And there's a difference. Believing in God says, I believe there's a superpower out there. Believing in Jesus says, I believe that there's a God who wants to be personally involved in my life. And I believe that there's a God who loved me so much that He sent His Son to die for me so that I wouldn't be lost in my sin, so that I wouldn't have to carry this guilt, so I wouldn't have to live a life feeling like I was inadequate, like I wasn't good enough. But I could have a relationship with this God through His Son, Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for those things I've done wrong. So that I could have that relationship and understand that He loves me and He has a purpose for my life and that life has, is filled with meaning and hope. You see, Jesus said that... that um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm way behind this morning. <laughs> i got to catch up. Uh, James tells us that faith without works is meaningless, useless. So as we start putting our faith into work, then we see God, we see Jesus at work in our lives. 
And I don't know where that verse went. It's probably in the next section for some reason. But the Scripture says uh, that, that demons even believe in God and shudder. But the hope that we have comes in Jesus Christ. They start out, and as they start out, they experience the healing. Did you catch that? They believed enough in Jesus to start out, and they experienced the healing. That's our hope. And the last thing I want you to see is that a person of healing points to God, not to themselves, but they point to God. Look what happens to this man. This one man realizes that he's been healed, and he gets all excited. And he comes back to Jesus. And did you notice what he's doing? He's giving glory to God. He's glorifying God. And then he stops and he worships Jesus and he thanks him. Why does he worship him? Because all of a sudden he realizes that Jesus and God are the same thing here. And he begins to give thanks. And Jesus says, was no one to return except this foreigner to give praise to whom? To God? To glorify God? You see, a person of healing, if a person comes to you and they really want to heal you, they really want to bring life change into your life. They bring life change through the power of God and they point back to God, not to themselves. We have doctors like this. They excite me every time I run into one. And when you get healed, they won't say, well, you know, that diagnosis I gave you was so good. What they'll say is, isn't it exciting what God has done in your life? There are those who who have opened their hearts to God and, and, and have, have come to you and have said, hey, I know you're having a hard time. W- would you mind if I pray with you? And as you prayed together, you felt the Spirit of God come upon you and you felt His peace. And while that happened, the person doesn't say, now, wow, wasn't that an awesome prayer I prayed? So isn't it awesome what God has done in your life? Somebody... If you have said yes to Jesus, somebody has come to you and said, listen, I know that you're broken spiritually. That you're feeling lost. And there's a God who loves you and His Son who died for you. And as they shared that with you, you became alive in Christ. And you said, you know you're right. And they prayed with you and you asked Jesus to come into your life. And in that moment, you became a child of the living God. And the person who prayed with you said, yeah, isn't that cool? I saved you. No. The person who was there said to you, isn't that awesome? God in his love has saved me. Let's give glory to God. That's what it's all about. There's that passage. Now i got a question for you. Are you one of the nine? Or are you one of the ten? Or are you one of the one? Are you one of the nine? Are you one of the one? Are you a person who's constantly pointing to God and giving glory to Him for what God has done in your life? You know, one of the struggles, I mean, Jesus is pretty hard on the other nine. Did you notice that? 
He doesn't pull punches. Where are the other nine, he says? Weren't ten cleansed? Where are they? I began to think about the fact, you know, when, when God blesses us, are we busy giving thanks to him? Or are we too busy, too busy, too excited? To want, you know, when kids receive a Christmas gift, they get that gift, they open it up, especially if it's the big gift. What do they do? They stop and they turn to their parents and say, Mom and Dad, I just really want to say, this meant the world to me. I can't thank you enough. That happens every Christmas morning, right? <laughs> no, what happens? Kid opens that thing and they're like, Woo, look at this! And they're, they're, you know, they, they got that we whatever, we 15, or where, what number are we on? I, I, I lose track. And, and, and they get all excited. They, they set that baby up, and they're, they're playing that, and they're playing that, and they're playing that. And, and maybe, uh, like, towards bedtime, they might happen to think and might possibly say thank you, but highly unlikely. Now, are they unthankful, ungrateful? No, they're excited, but they're so caught up on in the in the in the game that they they don't stop and say thanks. Okay, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus has blessed you tremendously, even this morning. How many things have you picked up and run with, and thought, "Wow, this is great," and didn't stop and say thank you? How many people have touched your life and brought healing through Jesus Christ and you haven't thanked God for them? How many times has Jesus offered you the opportunity to be a person of healing in someone else's life, a life changer in someone else's life? And you were too busy with your own blessings to stop and thank God for that opportunity and become a life changer in our world. People of healing hear the cry. People of healing offer hope. People of healing point to God. Won't you give thanks to God this Thanksgiving? You got, you got what? Four more days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Four more days to stop and say, okay, God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for a person of faith, a person of grace, a person of love, and a person who's changed my life. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for all the blessings you've given us. It's been a, a day in which you've kept us safe to get us here to worship you. It's a day in which you've offered us an opportunity to freely worship you. It's a day when your presence has walked with us. Some this morning, Lord, may have faced some difficulties, some trials even today. Yet, Lord, you walk with us. Teach us, Lord Jesus, to give you thanks in all circumstances. Teach us, Lord, to reach those around us who are crying out. Lord, some that 
can't cry out loud enough to be heard, but if we look with your heart, we'll see them. Help us, Lord, to reach out with your hope. Our world is so lost without hope. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us hope. Hope not just for today, but for eternity. May your hope fill us and spill over into those around us. Lord Jesus, help us to point to you and to give you thanks every day. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. So yesterday,